Welcome to CityLift Online Service today. I want to thank you so much for choosing to join us. Uh, you know, the church is definitely not a building that we go to. It is a movement of people that we choose to be a part of. And so I want to thank you for being a part of our movement as we bring love and courage to people. Uh, now more than ever, like so many of you, we're trying to follow the news, stay up to date, uh, and it's literally just changing hourly. So a lot, of, a lot of unknown right now. I know a lot of people are concerned, and I think it's just the greatest opportunity for us as a church to be courageous. And so thank Thank you for being a part. I want to preach a message right now on how to get through the valley, how to get through the valley. Would you join me with a word of prayer really quick as we get started? Heavenly Father, thank you for being here. God, even through the avenue of an online service, I ask that you would touch your people, that you would encourage everyone that's watching, God, that you would keep us safe, that you would put your hand on people right now, God. God, I thank you that this is not the end, but we're going to go through this. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, in 2008, my wife and I launched our ministry, and so we were on staff at a church in Oklahoma. We felt like God was calling us out to launch a new ministry, and so we stepped out in bold faith to do that. And in just a few months, uh, we got into a car accident. Our car was totaled, um, and we had problems trying to get a new one, fighting insurance. And uh, we had just moved into a new house and starting this ministry, had a few partners, a little momentum going. And then, of course, the housing market crashes, the economy crashes. Uh, and it was a really, really challenging time. And in that time, nobody wanted to join us in partnership. N you know, no churches were opening their doors for us to preach in. And we're traveling and trying to encourage people and, and do media and overseas travel. And it just was really really challenging and really, really tough. And uh, I remember just feeling like a failure. And I remember every single week, uh, I just wanted to quit. And, and I knew God had called me out, but it did not go the way I thought it was gonna go. It, it was way more difficult, way more challenging. I thought certain things were just gonna open and man, they didn't. And so, you know, I'm, I'm in mental pain. I'm in emotional pain. I'm, I'm in spiritual pain. I'm kind of in a state of disillusionment, not really sure which way to go. And, but man, just, just the worst part though, again, was just feeling like that, that, that failure, you know, and, and having to face my wife and just not even, you know, just not feeling like a guy at that time, not feeling like I was, I was worth a lot or very successful. And, uh, and I just remember that, that crushing feeling of defeat and how I really wanted to just quit. I just felt like I wanted to quit. And uh, every single week, literally, I mean, it would be so challenging. I'd get to the next week and I'm like, man, this is it. If it doesn't get any better, you know, I I'm going to quit this week. And I always remember I had a little tiny bit of hope, but man, it just, oh, every week, I just wanted to quit, just wanted to quit. And here's what I do know is it's 2020 now and that all the valleys that I faced in 2008, 2009 uh, are gone. All the trials that I had, all the challenges that I faced, um, we're doing you know, way better in 2020 than we were in 2008. And here, here's what I know about what's going on for us as we face this mountain um, and, and this outbreak and this trial and, and this valley is that I know that the same God that got us through 2008 is the same God that's gonna get us through this outbreak in 2020. And sometimes when you can't see the future, you hold on to the God who holds the future. And when you don't know how to get over the other side of the mountain, you start talking to a mountain moving God. And so this morning, again, I wanna talk about how are we gonna get through this dark valley? And to do that, I wanna read Psalms 
23 to get us started. And this is one of my favorite Psalms. A lot of people use this when people are going through grief or difficult times. And I just felt like God put this Psalm on my heart for our situation as a church and where we're at as a country and really a world right now. And at Psalms 23, I want to start reading in verse 1. And I'll be reading from the NIV this morning. And it just says, The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for His name's sake. And even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will not fear any evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. And surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. All right, so we are going through a dark valley, aren't we? It, the, the economy, the, the fear, uh, the, the, the fear of maybe losing a loved one, um, the, the fear of not knowing if we're going to have an income or what the housing market might do. There's, there's a lot of fear going on, a, a lot of news. We, we are in uh, the valley right now. And here, here's what I do know is I know this isn't the destination. I, I know that we're going through a valley, but I know that the valley is not the destination. I know Jeremiah 29, 11 says, God says, I know the plans for you, right? They're, they're good to prosper you, to bless you, to bring you to an expected end. And, and, and this virus, this is a part of our story. It's a chapter of our story, but it's not the end of our story. We're going to get through it. And so here's what I know about going through a valley is when you go through a valley, one of the most important things to do is just keep on going. You don't want to build a structure in a dark valley. You want to just keep on moving forward. You don't want to camp in it. And, and I think one of my concerns the next few months or a few weeks or however long it lasts, we don't want people to emotionally and mentally and spiritually camp in a valley. And so how do we get through it? So a few thoughts I have for us this morning. How do we get through this valley? Number one, we fix our eyes. We fix our eyes. The Bible says, fix our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and finisher of our faith. I, I'm to gaze upon Jesus, right? I'm to look at him, the author and the finisher of my faith. When I was younger, I was about 11 or 12 years old, and uh, my dad was trying to teach me how to mow the lawn. And, uh, you know, I think one of the reasons my dad had kids was so we could do the chores when we got a little bit older. And so, like, I'm 11, 12 years old, and he's like, yo, it's time for you to pull your weight around a little bit here, son. You got to mow the lawn. And so he's trying to teach me how to mow the lawn. And I'm sitting on this little riding lawnmower and, and uh, trying to figure out how to mow the lawn. And, man, my lines were all over the place, right? And, and they're, they're swerving, and, and I've got you know, chunks and uh, patches of grass that aren't mowed because I'm missing it and everything. And, and, and so he's finally, he's like, hey, listen, you're all over the place. Let me help you out. He, he said, look at an object in the distance and look and gaze and see that object and aim for that object. Because if you look at all like the nearsighted stuff, your lines are going to be wavy. But if you look far out in the future and get that object and focus on that, your lines are going to be straight. And I think what a relevant point for us right now is, man, let's, let's fix our eyes on Jesus. Let's get a vision of, you know, a few months from now when this whole thing is over, or even if it's six months from now, Jesus is eternal. The Bible is eternal. And, and this thing is going to pass. It is going to end. And, and, and it is going to bring some inconvenience and some pain and, and fear. 
but it's also going to end. And so what you and I want to do is we want to fix our eyes on Jesus, who's way far out there, who's eternal, who's the author and finisher of our faith. And man, our, our life's not going to be wavy. It's going to be solid. It's going to be stable. Amen. And that's what we want to do. We want to focus on God who's eternal, who's got the end game in mind. And so, you know, back to 2008 really quick, just that feeling of, of wanting to give up. Here's what I want to encourage us all to do. Like, just don't give up praying. Don't give up reading your word right now. Don't give up talking to God. Don't give in to fear and let fear just run away in your mind right now. Now's the time to not quit. And I feel like half the battle of life is simply not quitting. And when the dust of this whole coronavirus settles, you're going to be the one standing on top because you've fixed your eyes on Jesus. He's going to bring you through this. And, and you've held on to something stable and strong on the rock of our faith. And your life's not going to be wavy. You're going to get through it. So, so don't quit. Fix your eyes. Uh, keep on going. Don't build that structure. Keep on moving and keep on going. Number two, social distance, yes. Emotional distance, no. Social distancing, okay for right now. Emotional distancing, no way. You know, again, back to 2008 when we were going through this really, really challenging time, we had some of the best friends in our circle. And, uh, you know, we were a few years newlyweds and, you know, we were balling on a budget. And so we didn't have a lot, but man, we had great friends. And, and I remember during the, the circumstance was so challenging, but those relationships were so great and so good. And we would rely on those relationships. They, they would call us and pray for us and have us over for dinner. And we'd play games and laugh and, and just, you know, it, it made that season sweet. And sometimes difficult seasons, man, when you have the right people, it, it can make it so sweet. And so I want to encourage you guys, you know, pull on the people that you love. Uh, pull on the people that love you right now. I mean, I mean, yeah, social distancing, but not emotional distancing. Tell people how you feel. Tell them how you think. If, if you need prayer, reach out. You know, we don't always get to decide like when we go through a dark valley, but we do decide if we go through it alone or not. And I want to encourage you not to go through this thing alone. Pull on the people that love you. Let them in on your emotional world, you know? And if you're married, hey, take this opportunity as a time to invest in your spouse. Watch more movies together, play more board games, have more sex, you know? It's gonna be a lot of quarantine babies about nine months from now. And so, you know, take advantage of what's before you. If you have kids, Now's the time to invest in them, you know? Uh, you know, I know a lot of us, we're, we're rocking the homeschool parent life now. All of a sudden, overnight, my wife and I became homeschool parents. You know, we're trying to get like ministry work done. It's like, no, man, I'm teaching my kids how to color right now and count to 10. Like, life is so chaotic right now for so many of us. But, but I'm never going to get these years and moments back, so I want to I wanna invest and pour into these relationships. And so, you know, keep your loved ones close. Keep pouring into them. Um, the Bible says this, and I, I love this. It says in Proverbs 17, 22, a joyful soul makes a lifetime flourish. A joyful soul makes a lifetime flourish. And, you know, you, you can't have a great life without great people around you. And, and it's not the amount of water outside of a boat that makes it sink. It's the amount of water in a boat. And right now, as we're going through a challenging time, we don't want that fear to creep in our soul. We, we, don't, we don't want that 
virus to invade our souls, right? And so we want great people around us. We, we want a joyful spirit. And, and joy is not something that's created by circumstances, something that's created by God. And so we can still rely on the joy, the love, the peace that God puts on the inside, live off of that and, and pour that into others right now and then pull that from other believers. And listen, you're, you're a part of the City Lift family and, and some of you are, some of you are not. But listen, I want you to know you got a family with us right now. You can pull on us. And yes, physically, the location is closed. But man, emotionally and spiritually, we're, we are more open now than ever before. And so pull on the relationships, pull on your church family. I want you to know that you're literally, you're not alone in this time in any way, shape or form. And so, um, you know, pull on that, rely on that. Um, and uh, kind of the last thing I want to say to that point is, you know, we're never going to get um, some of these moments back. And so you're never going to regret investing in these small ways right now. I was, I was uh, reaching out to our church a few days ago and, and just again, like just checking on everybody and just saying, hey, is everybody okay? Uh, I know it's kind of scary and, it's, uh, and things are already starting to change. And, and uh, you know, in our church, we've had a great few months and we just broke the hundred barrier and we were laughing as a core team like, man, we finally thought we figured our lives out where now we're finally growing and doing some good things. And you know, coronavirus breaks out and now we've got to reinvent ministry. And, and so it's kind of a funny moment. And, but we're just reaching out to everybody and, and already a few people in our church, they've already lost their income uh, because of the virus. And, and so, you know, we just had a chance to pray and encourage and, and love on some of the people in our congregation already. And, and uh, we had an opportunity to just uh, send out a gift card for somebody for their, their groceries and said, hey, we'll just we'll cover groceries for the next week or so on us. And, uh, you know, it doesn't, doesn't, doesn't restore your income, but it does let you know that, that we're here and that we love you. And so, you know, again, to my point is, is ministry might look a little different. Connection's going to look a little different in the next few weeks or few months, but it can still happen. And so, yeah, we, we might distance physically, but man, we don't have to do that emotionally or spiritually. We can, we can still be the body of Christ. Now, the last thing I want to say about how to get through a dark valley, how, how do we get through this challenging time? We want to look for the opportunity as a church. We want to look for opportunity as a people. You know, it's a unique challenge, but it also creates a lot of unique opportunities going forward. In, in fact, I feel like opportunity is always wrapped in opposition. And, and when we have a concerned world, that's when we need a courageous church like never before. We don't, we don't want to be foolish or, or irresponsible, but man, we do want to be courageous on the inside and, and be the people God has, has called us to be. And so I, I really feel like through this, we're going to have unique business opportunities as people. We're, we're going to have unique opportunities to connect with others. Uh, we're going to have a unique opportunity to serve people and, and do ministry and think outside of the box. And and, 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 you know, per perhaps like deepen in ways that maybe the body of Christ really needed to. And so, you know, I just want you to know and remind you that God is always working behind the scenes. And, and he says, I'm going to take everything and work it out for your good. And even this right now, it seems like, how could this ever work out for my good? God said, I'm going to take even this and I'm going to work it out for your good behind your back. I want to kind of wind down with the story of James Murray Spangler. James Murray Spangler, and he lived at the turn of the century. Not this century, I'm talking early 1900s. And he was an inventor, but he wasn't very successful. And so he had to have a day job to support his inventing habits. And he worked at Zollinger's Department Store. 
And one of his jobs was to, to sweep the floors. And back in the day in Ohio where he lived, a lot of the you know, streets, they, they weren't paved. Uh, it was just dirt, right? And so dirt's getting brought into the store and everyone's house all the time. And, and so he's like sweeping up this, uh, the dirt, and, which is normally not a problem, but he was, you know, had a pretty bad asthma problem. And so after sweeping up a room, he'd, he'd have a really bad kind of coughing spell. And, and it was really, really hard for him until one, one day he said, you know what? There's got to be a better way to do this. And then in 1907, we have the world's first vacuum. And, and all of a sudden, it, and it looked like a, a monstrous machine. It weighed 40 plus pounds, kind of compared to today's Dyson, which lays less, less than seven pounds. So, you know, vacuuming back in the day was like CrossFit. You know, it was a pretty intense workout. And so he's got this machine and, and it works. And so he's, he's cleaning up dirt and he's trying to figure out, how do I sell this to anybody? You know, and he goes to his cousin and her name was Susan Hoover. And she married a successful businessman and, and the same thing, you know, she, she always had newspapers down, the, the streets weren't uh, paved, so it's a lot of dirt gets drug in. And so he says, hey, try this new machine. And believe it or not, he becomes the world's first like vacuum door-to-door salesman. And so he goes in, she turns it on and, you know, man, picks up the dirt, the color gets restored and she's like, I love it. She buys it right there on the spot. You know, and he unfortunately goes through a few more problems the next year and financially needs to sell the patent to this machine. And, and Susan Hoover believes in it so much, she convinces her husband to buy it. And man, overnight Hoover Vacuums is born. And if you know anything about the Hoover Vacuum story, like international sales and became a household name for vacuums in America in the 50s, 60s. And, and just this incredible story of the vacuum being created all because of a unique challenge. And all I'm saying is I believe God can work in this in amazing ways for the church, amazing ways for you as a person. And in and, and a unique challenge can come really unique opportunities as we go forward as a people. And so I just want to encourage you. And again, I, I want to challenge you, you know, tag a friend or family that needs to hear this message. Life's not over. It's not all doom and gloom and it is going to be hard. And, you know, we we're I believe that we're really anointed as a church right now to bring hope and healing and, and people are going to be inconvenienced. People are going to lose income for a little bit. Some people are going to lose some loved ones. And, and we as a church, we want to be sensitive to that. The Bible says rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn. And so we want to be here. We want to link arms with people. We want to link arms with our community and we want to rejoice with them, grieve with them, help them through these challenges. And so I just believe God is going to put an anointing on our church, on every church in South Florida to help people right now and, and help them come to healing and just get through this dark valley. But I want you to know that we love you. We care for you. We're going to enter another moment of worship. But before we do that, let, let me pray for you really quick. God, I thank you so much for this moment together. I pray that today's words, that your word, God, encouraged everyone's heart. God, I ask again that you would put your hand on them, that you would protect them, watch over them and their family. Uh, and God, I pray that you would give them a unique opportunity to, to sow ministry. And God, maybe it's just sending this message to somebody that needs it. Uh, maybe it's buying a gift card and sending it to somebody that maybe lost their income. And just, God, give us unique ways to reach people right now. God, I thank you that we don't have a spirit of fear, but we have a spirit of love, power, and a sound mind. And God, as we worship here in the next few moments, I ask that your presence would just pour out, God, even over the online service here. God, that you would touch your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks so much for joining us for City Lift Church's online service today. Just a few reminders. Kicking off the week on Monday night is worship with our worship leader, Will. Followed by Wednesday Bible studies with our lead, Pastor Matt. 
And then on Friday, Pastor Martin and Mary Ellie will be encouraging us on family life. All of this is taking place on Instagram Live, so make sure to follow us at City Lift Church. And then on Saturdays, you're gonna be getting an email from Lift Kids. In it is gonna be a message from Pastor Marielli about the lesson that the kids are gonna learn and a little encouragement for them. And we're gonna have a link on there that you can do the lesson that we do with them in Lift Kids every Sunday. So it's gonna be a resource to help you parents so you can continue the Sunday school lessons even from home. We love you guys so much. Thanks for tuning in again. We are praying for you. Let us know if you need anything. Direct message us, email us. We'd love to connect with you.